0: The last time I experienced an anxiety attack, I was riding my bike. I don't remember what happened or what caused the anxiety to come on. I don't remember the series of racing thoughts, the list of unlikely and wholly imagined events that left me huffing and puffing and holding back tears. But there I was, rolling along slowly, reminding myself about what was real whispering through a series of very personal mantras that usually help pull me back into reality. Now, I'm not going to share those mantras with you because like I said, they are very personal, but I will tell you that some of them are Bible verses. And today I want to share a verse with you that you can keep in your back pocket to help pull you into some normalcy during those times when you're experiencing stress and anxiety of all kinds. But first, I want to take just a minute to unpack a few terms that I'm going to use today. Sometimes these terms get used interchangeably, and really they they shouldn't be. They all mean different things, but usually they appear together, and often our bodies, minds, and spirits react to each of these things in similar ways. The first word is the word stress. Stress refers to your body's response to physical, mental, or emotional pressure. Often, we'll use the word stress to refer to the things that are causing those pressures. We'll say, I have a lot of stress at work. Medically speaking, it would be more appropriate to say, I have a lot of stress because of work, or I have a lot of stressors at work. And this is an important distinction because we all experience stress differently and we all have different lists of things that cause us stress. We call those stressors. But stress is your unique reaction to the things that cause overwhelm in your life. Some people become hyperactive. Some people withdraw completely. Some will use alcohol or food or drugs to cope. Some won't be able to sleep. Others will sleep for hours and hours and hours. Experiencing stress is normal, experiencing an intense physical reaction to difficulties in your own life, that's normal too. But existing in a permanent state of stress is terribly unhealthy, and when that happens, your doctor would tell you that you either need to reduce your stressors or learn to better manage your stress. The other two terms I'm going to use today are fear and anxiety, and these Get thrown around interchangeably they're definitely similar but there's a key difference i like to think about when it comes to defining fear and anxiety fear is your body's response to a real and present threat anxiety is your body's very similar response to an imagined threat so if you're trapped in a lion's cage fear is your response to being eaten by a lion If you're sitting at home in front of your fireplace experiencing the same kind of physiological response because you worry that someday you might get trapped in a lion's cage, that is anxiety. To bring it a little closer to home, fear is your response when you know you've messed something up at work and your boss calls you into a meeting with HR. Anxiety is when you're worried you're going to be fired because you're sure your boss gave you a bad look in an elevator once. Fear is what prompts us to respond to an imminent and present danger. Anxiety invents dangers that are neither imminent nor present. So what do you do when you experience stressors that lead to stress and stress that leads to anxiety and anxiety that becomes a stressor? You need something. You need some tools to help you break that cycle before it spirals into a place that becomes dangerous. There are a lot of tools that you can use to interrupt the cycle. And if you need those tools, you should talk to a doctor or a therapist to better determine what's going to work for you. And in addition to those tools, I also want to recommend this Bible verse to you, Philippians 4.6. This is what it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There's a lot to unpack in this verse, and there's more to unpack in the verses surrounding it. But first, let me get out in front of a piece of bad advice that this verse almost seems to advocate. Do not be anxious is great biblical wisdom. Do not be anxious is cerebral and logical and true. But telling an anxious person, do not be anxious, probably isn't going to solve anything. For me anyway, the real power of this verse comes in the second half, the part that reminds me that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I am to present my requests to God. See, there's a stigma around mental health that keeps many of us from sharing our struggles outside of our own heads. For a lot of people, that stigma prevents us even from sharing with God, as if we are experiencing something to be ashamed of. Remembering that every situation and every circumstance belongs to God allows us to invite God into our broken selves and into our crippling emotions. It reminds us that God is sovereign over all that is seen and unseen, that God is in charge of me, even the things that I don't understand about me. So cling to that verse. Breathe it in as your reminder that God cares about what you're going through. And breathe out everything else as a prayer and petition before God. I told you there was more to unpack in the verses surrounding, so let's jump backwards to Philippians 4.4, a verse that's often been used as a comfort for those struggling with depression or anxiety. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice now, I understand the temptation to write this verse off as another piece of bad advice. You can't just tell an unhappy person to just be happy after all. I'm, I'm guilty of having read this verse the same way. In my lowest moments, I want to complain at it. Look at my life, I shout. What do I have to rejoice about? But the answer to that question is right there. Rejoice in the Lord. The verse doesn't advise us to rejoice in our circumstances or our wealth or our social lives. Rejoice in the Lord when stressors have you stressed, when anxiety has taken hold, and when problems abound. We rejoice in the Lord who is unchanging in his love and provision for us. And what happens if we rejoice in the goodness of God and if we cast our cares and worries and our everything else onto him? Well, verse 7 tells us that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The word guard there refers specifically to the Roman armed sentries who were ever present in the town of Philippi. They were in charge of everything from sussing out intruders to shooing away the rabbits who came to eat crops from a family's garden. Rejoice in the Lord. Present everything to God, no matter how small or how invisible it seems. And the peace of God will live in your heart, seeking out the anxieties that threaten your well-being. My prayer for you is that you would know this peace and that you would be a person who brings this peace to all who need it. Amen.